welcome everybody to the map the mental health and addiction podcast i'm kimberly walsh i'm coming to you from brady's landing which is a sober home for women on the cape and along with me are my two friends and cohorts Kristen perry long and andy bernstein whoop, whoop. hi guys hey what's happening hey. <laughs> we have a great show today we're having our special guest. We're having a well, drug special, and alcohol right? specialist, which used to be a comedian, and his name is Willie Drinkwater. Hi, Willie. Hi, how's it going? Although my wife never thought I was a comedian, so, you know, just, <laughs> just to throw that out there for right at the start. So. That's yeah. important to know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she so never what do we do? Our, she no. never did? Oh. No. Yeah, spouses usually don't. They don't understand. Um, but we're doing, let's check in, you guys. Um I don't know about you, but I'm trying to stay positive, kind of like the rest of us in this COVID-19 crisis. Um, I wanted to share with you, though, something I heard on the news this morning, um, which I thought kind of put a tear in my eye. These two high school girls um, felt bad for all the seniors in the homes, and they were just so lonely. So they took cardboard paper and all kinds of crafts, and they put together these um, cards, and they you know, personalize them and they, they send them to the nursing homes and it just lights them up. They're just, they get the cards and they open them and has their name on it. And then they post them on the walls. It was just a sweet, sweet story. So they've been doing hundreds of cards. So now they're charging, you can actually buy them. They're $3 a card and all the money goes to um, pay, get food for the frontline workers in healthcare. I just thought that was really, I love when people think outside the box and come together to do something for, for others in a time of crisis, you know? Yeah. What do you think? What do you, how about you guys? What are you guys doing? Chris? Uh, I started like um, purging <laughs> and uh, getting rid of. That sounds junk. weird. What kind of purging? <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> um, it's kind of like mindless, but what it's done is it is, um, I've discovered like old pictures and like mm-hmm. little kids' books and clothing and garbage and crap that you know the whole rule if you haven't used it in three years get rid of it well mm-hmm. you know well i used it today right so i got another three years to hold on to it well, so i'm glad to see there's not an eating disorder happening <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, that's, that was, that that. that's what i thought i'm like i'm purging <laughs> no it's huh? i i got 21 years in this house and five kids so too much yeah, I think the dumpster companies are going to be making out very well, you know, uh, down the road because people are cleaning out closets and drawers and they're throwing everything in the garage. But eventually, they're going to have to take it out what? of the garage and throw it away. So, you want a dumpster company? Got junk. Yeah, right. Well, those ads have been on the TV left and right again. I know that guy's got a bad haircut too. <laughs> Check out his haircut. I don't have any hair, and you don't have any. Yeah, hair. I don't either, so it doesn't matter. But let me tell you, that dude. Got in a fight with a razor and lost. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> he's got, he's got, next time you watch it, I'm like, that dude's got bad hair. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I think a concern that I have that, that recently came up too was that it, it almost feels like with the COVID being the, the main focus and stuff that uh, I'm, I'm experiencing where uh, addiction and mental health, sort of the stigma is starting to come back. I actually had a client who, uh, who had gone, who'd gone into a hospital emergency room to get help uh, with bipolar disorder, and he was starting to go manic. And, you know, he, he actually videotaped it, and he sent me the videotape where the security guards were telling him to get off the campus. And he's saying, I have mental health issues. I need to be seen by somebody. 
And then they were, you know, and then he started to film them and they were like, oh, you're a big tough guy. You're going to videotape us the whole bit. And it's, it's a disheartening thing. Like, like yeah, the, the COVID is tying up emergency rooms and uh, the hospital he went to, they, they had a site uh, team, but the security guards weren't even allowing him to, him to access, you know, this, uh, you know, triage team. So I hope we're not getting, getting back into the stigma of addiction and mental health health again. Hey, hey, Willie, will you move closer? Move a little closer to your mic, or we're having trouble. Okay, yeah, I can actually turn it up a bit. What kind of operation are you running over there up in, <laughs> up in Beverly? It's a new. I'm I'm not up in. I'm I'm actually in Wakefield. I've been doing teletherapy from my house for like two weeks now. I go up there just to get the mail and water the plants. So, so we're gonna we're gonna we want to we're gonna introduce you in two seconds. Hold tight. Okay, how's it? How's the volume now? A little better. Much better. Much better. Okay. So, you still so Chris, need to check in with us, yeah. So Chris so, is purging, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm um, I'm confused. Again? Um, I'm just confused. What are we supposed to be doing? Are we in? Or are we out? Hmm. Right. I guess Mayor um, Mayor uh, Governor Baker said, um, our fine governor of the state of Massachusetts said. Uh, May 18th. So I'm just confused. I'm itchy to get out. I'm, I'm you know, I'm getting a I little. Think, I ahead. think part of the reason for that, Andy, is that, you know, if the governor were to come out right now and say, you know, nothing's going to be open till August, people would freak out. So they're doing it in these increments. Good point. Like, you know, oh, okay, well, we'll, we'll make it, you know, two, three weeks farther ahead. And then when that comes, I'll go, yeah, it's going to be another two or three. I, I How far now, Papa Smurf? August. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> right. I think it's, they don't want to freak the people out. That's a great point. I didn't even think think about that, but you're right. You are so, right. Uh, so let's meet you right now. Me? Since you're, you're in a box, you're like Hollywood Squares. I love that. You're like Bruce Valanche or Paul Lynn. I feel like I'm supposed to buy a bow or something now. <laughs> yeah, so who gets the square? Or, you know. Okay, so you know that's Kimberly, yes, and you Kimberly. know that's Chris. Hi, Chris. <laughs> and no. so let's meet you. All right. Um, no. So, so you are one of my all-time favorites. You know, um, we. It's because I about <laughs> two years. I I know right at the gaff. Um, you you are a stand-up comedian. A former or a former stand-up comedian, a comedy former. writer, yeah. former, and you uh, worked for WBC and Rock, and you have been working in the addiction mental health field for the past thirty years. Uh, you mm-hmm. are a um, an addiction co-occurring specialist specializing in treating dual diagnosis, mm-hmm. and you are an also an adjunct professor at UMass Boston uh, in their addiction counselor education program. Yes, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's almost been, uh, it's been a reset time, I think. I think this has given people, many, many folks, the opportunity to really, with, with this like forced time out, it's like, you know, where is my life at the present time and where do I want it to go to? I mean, I know uh, I myself, you know, I've been, you know, for months and months, I would be leaving Beverly seven or eight o'clock at night, you know, to get back to Wakefield. And it's, it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking in terms now, if you want to, you know, a late afternoon appointment, five, six or seven, yeah, I'll be happy to do that, but it'll have to be uh, teletherapy. I don't want to be getting home at night at seven or eight o'clock anymore. There isn't a need for it, you know? 
So, uh, you know, it's, it's viewing things, you know, that now in uh, uh, a different, a, a much different way, a more livable way. I mean, I've enjoyed taking my dog every day for, you know, a five mile walk and stuff, which I usually don't, don't do. It usually it's a quick walk and back in the house again. And, you know, it's, your spiritual it's advisor. Like, yes, my spiritual advisor, Charlie. Yes. And so, uh, um, but, but it's a reset time, I think, for many, many people. You know, what do I Well, I think it's. Like hmm. I looking think businesses at are even looking at it too. You know, I mean, my uh, wife works HR for a major hospital in in, in uh, Boston, and you know, they're, they're talking to her now. Like, you know, well, yeah, why don't why don't we set up so you can do two days a week from home, and then, then two days at the hospital once we, we get to the new norm? You know, whatever that is. But, but yeah, I think businesses are reevaluating how they do their transactions. I think everybody's taking a look at life. I mean, it feels like I'm growing up in the uh, '60s again because. You know, uh, you know, like people are outside in the yards and people are going for walks and it's like the commuter rush only lasts for an hour and then it's over and it's not that many cars on the road. I mean, Mother Nature is making us, they said, what, carbon dioxide and um, uh, carbon monoxide emissions are down like 30% across the country, all the metropolitan areas. So, I mean, It's a great yeah. point. I mean, we're, we're really like, I don't know what you guys think, Chris and Kimberly, but I think it's a great point because it is like a reset, right? It is a total reset. And I think if you look at it that way, which I try to, when I try to go with it, I'm better, right? If I fight it, no bueno. Do you you agree? It goes to that whole thing of what we've been saying from the beginning about, you know, focus on the things that you can control and not the things that you can't control. You know, like there's so many things that we can't control. You know, I think about like we all complain about how we don't have time for this. We don't have time for that. Now we have nothing but time and we're still complaining. It's like at what point is enough is enough enough? Um, And I'm kind of like, I want to go back to work. I'm eager to get back out there. I'm eager to go see all my friends and my coworkers and my colleagues and so on and so forth. But on the same token, I'm kind of starting to. I'm going into like the next chapter, kind of. I feel like I'm embracing yep. my time. Um, yeah. It's kind of like when, you know, you're breaking a horse. You put the, the halter on, and that's a fight. Then you put the lead line on, and that's a fight. Then you put the saddle on, and that's a fight. And then you get into the, the horse is broken and the calm, and you're learning the next step, you know, the next step. And I feel like I've been fighting it and fighting it and fighting it, and I'm mm. broken now, but not like, broken broken if that makes any sense do you think chris that there's that though as a society we kind of always complain like if it's sunny it's too hot if it's you know what i mean we're we're, yeah, so, we're that's so a new england condition. thing that's a new englander thing oh is it well they have it in california <laughs> yeah, too. New Englander thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're at the bus stop in the winter time oh it's so cold i can't wait for summer right. so oh it's going to be cold tomorrow oh, it's a beautiful day we have that. today yeah. well tomorrow it's going to be cold boston comics Boston comics out out of the San Diego area. It's like you know, folks from back here will say, "Hey, how's the weather?" They go, "That's nice. It's always freaking nice," you know, because they miss the seasons. They miss being able to bitch about something. You know, it's like, yeah, it's always nice. My daughter lives. My daughter lives in San Diego, and she loves it. And uh, we went out. We went out for ten days, and the weather was perfect. And I'm like, I could. It's always perfect. It's always sunny, though. Yeah, I could always live there. You know, but going back to like the, what we were talking about earlier about opening. Um, mm-hmm. So San Diego, the beaches have opened in California. 
But yeah, the governor when people think, oh, the beaches yeah. are open. You no, but what what is going on on the beaches is you can't go and sunbathe. You have to walk. You have to be moving, or you have to be like surfing. Um, you can't just go and wade in the water. You have to be like man in motion. So she mm-hmm. said the first day, which was two days ago, there was mm-hmm. two thousand, at least two thousand surfers in Pacific Beach where she lives. It was like insane. It was like they had been in. She said it was just insane. But they're they're handing out like four hundred dollar fines if you're like sitting on the beach and you're not. There's like zero tolerance. It's like keep moving. So it's a hot mess. They are a hot mess. (laughs) Um. So Willie, tell us about your background and kind of how you got started working in this industry coming from the transition from the comedy, comedy <laughs> yeah, the, com- the comedy and radio scene. How did you get to this, yeah. uh, this yeah, space? I, mean, I, I, uh, God, go back to my BCN days and stuff. Uh, you know, I was never home. It was either at the station in the morning and then going out to hang out on the comedy scene at, the, you know, at nighttime. And, uh, my wife and I, my, my, uh, if, two sons, but at that point, it was just the one son, Ian, and uh, I was never around, and I, I, I basically knew if I stayed in the business that, uh, you know, I wouldn't get to see my, my, my child grow up, because I was never available, I was never there, and I came home one night at three o'clock in the morning uh, from hanging out on the comedy scene, and uh, my wife was waiting up up for me, and she just looked at me, and she just burst and said, I don't, I don't know if I can take this anymore, and Ian at the time was two or three year, years old, and uh, uh, that was the last uh, the last time that I drank. So, so. Now and then, so then you decided that it's time to kind of get yeah, a, it was time to a make real a job. Yeah, right and stuff. So so I did various jobs. I worked at a YMCA and I got into strength training training there and became a personal trainer. And then it was about five years into my sobriety that I ended up uh, going into the field. And stuff. But ten years into my sobriety, though. Uh, you know, as oftentimes the duel uh, and stuff, uh, you know, my, my wife and I were going through a hard time in the relationship and we were doing marriage counseling and the marriage counselor said, yeah, you know, I want, you know, I uh, would like you to see a doctor, a friend of mine. So I said, yeah, sure. Okay. So uh, I went to see the doctor and the doctor was saying, yeah, the, the marriage therapist thinks there might be a bipolar piece. Could you describe your average day to me? And I said, well, well, yeah, I get up at five o'clock in the morning. I go down to YMCA. I teach uh, a stuff aerobics class. Then I go back, go, go, go back home, home again. And then I, you know, we'll usually run for two or three miles after that. I'll come back again and hit the Y in the afternoon. And I'll be, you know, training a few people. And then after that, I'll go to an open field for a while. I'll throw a distance around for some fun. And then, uh, you know, it was like I was in constant motion. I was in constant motion. And then I described, you know, there'd be periods of time when I couldn't, could not get out of my mind my own way. So. Uh, the diagnosis of bipolar two came up after that. So, yeah, because even you know, in the first ten years of uh, sobriety, there were you know, I mean, there were times when you know, my 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 wife stuck it out with me because she said, you know, when you're here, you know, there's nobody I want to be with more, but you can you can get so isolated and just go off in your own head, you're not available. So, so I so, so I had to take on the uh, bipolar piece. What I do for it, uh, as far as medication or anything, I don't really want to talk about here because it, it's different for different people. Uh, you know, I don't want to say, well, you know, I don't want to be like, yeah, you should use disinfectants, you know, to clean the inside of you out, you know, like someone 
But uh, <laughs> it's amazing to me. I mean, I just can't believe it. You know. But uh, yeah, so you know, I am a dual diagnosed person, and that's tell us about. That. Yeah. What is dual diagnosis? Because we, we, we talk about it a lot. That's something you, you actually treat and you focus in on. And, yeah. um, you know, tell, tell us about what, that, what yeah. that means. It's having an addiction issue coupled to one or more other, other mental health issues, basically. And uh, what, what, one of the big things in my, you know, what, what, if, if you have somebody that's been in the detox 10 times, I'm willing to wager there's another mental health piece going on that isn't getting addressed. And uh, the big three, as I refer to them as, the trifecta is, you know, a grief abandonment issue. I see that, I can't tell you how many times with people, and they're wondering why they can't stay sober when they're getting these flashbacks from trauma issues, and no, no one's ever said, you know, you need to be working on those in addition to your sobriety. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, trauma grief abandonment are, are the big three. I was just talking to a guy before I came on the show here. And it was like, you know, he, you know, he's he's beginning to open up, and it's all going back to family of origin. It's all in his case. It's all going back to grief and loss. Four grandparents passed away within a year's time. His parents fighting all of the time, and it's all family of origin issue. And then you can even see when you do the the assessment for the drug and alcohol issues. Like, oh yeah, uh, the parents got divorced when I was thirteen, and it's like, oh yeah, funny that so thirteen, huh? That's the same age you started using cannabis and you started drinking and you started doing cocaine, you know, it all ties in into it. I mean, for years, we, we had the schism between mental health and addiction, you know, uh, addiction would look at mental health and say, they just want to put bringing everybody on meds and people in mental health would look at addiction and go, they think all stuff is the answer to everything, you know, and then we had HMOs came and forced the two of them to merge together to try to come to an amiable relationship. And now we even have Samson now. Samson now wants every, everyone to cross-train. If you're in mental health, you should be, be, be doing workshops in addiction. If you're in the addiction field, you should be doing work, workshops in mental health. So. Hey, hey, Willie, your audio yeah. is kind of in and out. Do you want in to, and out. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So. It, I wonder if it's because I'm talking, you know, you know, at the Boston speed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to try? Do you want to try? logging out and then coming back in yeah okay let's try that i'll be back (laughs) (laughs) thank you andy that was good it was kind of you know i just want to make sure we could hear everything he's saying it's so important oh absolutely absolutely do you guys can you guys relate to what he was talking about though can you shed some light on that absolutely yeah the dual dual diagnosis is absolutely it's it's so common um, out there. We've got, which came first, the chicken or the egg? It's like the mental illness or the addiction. Well, usually once you uncover, once you take the addiction and control the addiction, then the mental illness comes to light. And then you have to treat that. And then, am I right? Willie, how's your audio now? Uh, how do I sound? Do I sound okay now? I'm going to kick off the headphones. Maybe, yeah. Let's see now. How, how do I sound now? Much better. better. Okay, so headphones out. Um, the, the one big thing, the co-occurring course that I teach, I mean, uh, the basic, basic thing, the, the, the three principles, the conundrums they're referred to as, um, that's the basis of the whole course. The first conundrum is, is that addiction is primary, the psych is secondary. In other words, anyone that goes to it, detoxification, there's going to be depression and anxiety post-detox. It's part of the price of travel. 
whether or not it's going to be long, long lasting. Well, you usually think in terms of waiting for three months before you start to look at sites, unless they have previous history, uh, you know, which if some, someone has three or more months of sobriety, then you can start to look at sites um, from a, uh, um, a clinical view, view, viewpoint. So most people clear up, you know, within three months. I mean, there are exceptions. You take uh, some someone that was doing stimulants, uh, cocaine or meth, uh, you may want to put them on an antidepressant right away post detox. And the reason for that being uh, their serotonin and dopamine receptor sites are so fried out that they may keep going into a deeper and deeper depression for up to three months post detox. And the deeper the depression, the higher the risk of what? Suicidality. So that's an exception. You have, you know, addiction primary, psych secondary. Then you have true dually, the dually where. And you know what? The addiction is primary. The psych is primary. They run independently of each other. Somebody with bipolar disorder, it's not going away. It has to be managed, you know. And there are there, there are psychopharmac you know uh, psychopharmacological ways of doing it, or there's holistic ways of doing it. McLean Hospital has been running a study for probably 30, 35 years now for bipolar one disorder. They have an omega three fish oil study, and for bipolar type type two disorder, there's a taurine amino acid study. Both taurine amino acid, which is an amino acid found in animal protein, and omega-3 fish oil for natural mood stabilizers. So they've been running these tests for years and years. So, so, so the truth really is where the conundrum there is both of them are primary. The addiction is primary and the psych is primary. Then comes down to the people that keep going to detoxes over and over. The psych is primary and the addiction is secondary. It's the self-medication piece. You know, you have, um, I mean, I remember it was horrible back in the late 80s, the early 90s, because you had, you, you had uh, trauma groups saying, well, we can't, we, we, we can't uh, help you with your trauma till you get six months clean. Like, who's going to make it to six months clean? You've been using, you've been using, you know, your drug of choice to medicate the flashback. Now you're being told that you have to white knuckle it for six months before you can begin to work on the trauma. We know now that trauma, trauma needs to be worked uh, the same time as addiction. You shouldn't wait. You should work on both at the same time. So again, that, that trauma, grief, abandonment issues, you, you show me anyone that's been in the detox 10 times or 15 times, and I'll show you someone that has a mental health piece that's not getting addressed. Chris was shaking her head. Chris had questions. She was making faces. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> okay, so um, I don't know. Like I've been doing this for a long time. I've been putting people into treatment for a long time, close to 10 years now. And I've seen the increase in the mental health shining through. So what I see is you get the addiction under control and they start to, you know, go back out into the world and the mental health creeps in and then the addiction jumps back in to, because they're trying to feel normal. That's the only way they can feel normal. So it never really gets addressed. So then you put them into a dual diagnosis program yeah. And the mental health still never gets addressed. So Depends doing- on the mental health program, too. Okay. Because, so- that's where we need the cross-training. There's right. not enough cross-training. I mean, uh, personally, I do a, uh, a lot of referrals to NACAG, which is uh, a program that, yeah. that's run by McLean's. Yeah. Yep. They're all issues. Dr. Gill up there, he'll sit down with somebody when they're first in for one to two hours. I mean, how many psychiatrists will sit with someone for one to two hours to get their complete story? Right. But it's hard to get into these places. It's hard to get, you know, people. So I have a, a, a client right now that I'm working with. Yeah. And uh, 
he's bipolar. Hmm. He also thinks he's Asperger's. Um, he has pretty good insurance. Hmm. Uh, so these places I've, I've tried to put him into two different places that are dual. Right. And by lack of, uh, communication, hmm. uh, they were not telling him that in the detoxes, he was not taking his lithium. So by the time he was detoxed, he went into the programs and he had those manic episodes that initially got him booted mm. from the programs because they weren't like, it's, it's so frustrating. So now yeah. I've lost communication with this individual cause he's back out using, right. you know, yeah. and it's like, isn't it true that at the end of the day, 30 days in any institution, I don't care how good it is. It's not enough. He's, you know, it's just not enough. They, yeah, they, yeah. they need more time. Yeah. The, the latest research out of, out, of, out of Harvard talks about you don't see a significant drop uh, in the relapse rate until somebody gets 100 days of continuous uh, treatment. 30 days isn't enough. No, you're right. You're, you're, you're 100% right on that stuff. But 100 so, days of continuous treatment. That's when you begin to see the relapse. William. Yes. Well, um, you do a lot in humor, obviously using your background as you, um, you know, where you came from with comedy. How do you use that? And when do you find that it's appropriate to use it? And um, what is, you know, how do people respond to it? Well, I can send you my master's thesis because it was on the efficacy of relationship. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, humor, humanity, um, you know, it, 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 they begin with H-U-M. I think there's a reason for that. I think I think humor, you know, it gets back to that Rogerian concept of I am thou is that, you know, I'm not above you. I'm here to work for you and with you. Um, so humor, I mean, I, I can use that as an icebreaker. I can use that at an, Im- at an impasse with a client. Uh, it's just basically humor. I, I might even, at, like, towards the end of a, a session, uh, you know, I might pop up uh, a humorous bit on YouTube to show them to end, the, to end the session and stuff. But it's getting to know your clients and stuff and what their what their likes and their dislikes are as far as humor goes, too. But, you know, I might, I mean, there's a, there's a, a classic one that I use, you know, and it depends on the client. I mean, you know, uh, if, it's, if, it's a, if it's a client with bipolar disorder, you can show them almost any humor you're not going to offend them whatsoever. <laughs> there's like a boundary crickets there. crickets <laughs> but, uh, one of the you know well, one of the classic ones i do is on youtube it's called uh that meditation and it looks like a normal meditation and it you know the guy has a really low and calm voice and then you know the ocean is rolling up on the beach and then you listen to what he's saying and it's just it's just uh if I was from Revere, I would say it's hysterical, but I'm not from Revere, so it's just. <laughs> no, I've seen it. I've, I've actually seen it. It's You're hilarious. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Listen to it. It's so. It's really funny. Yeah, it really it is. Is. yeah, it has that calm effect, and then you hear yeah. what he's saying, and it's just... then he goes, "This is stupid," you know. You just then he, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but you you see the lighter, you know that it allows people to kind of have a um, a different look at it. Rather, yeah, it uh, also allows you to, with with, uh, with with humor, when you use it correctly too. Uh, you know, you can you you can have somebody start talking about you know things that they were totally not comfortable talking about. You know, it, it's a way of uh, it's a way of making it human and accessible. I mean, there have been times where I, I've used humor, and at the end of the session, they're like, "I can't believe we just talked about 
what I talked about, you know, and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know, but you know, allowing you to be you and human, and yeah, you know, we, you know, human, humans have, uh, you know, I, I, I don't really, I'm, I'm not nuts about the term character defects, but we all have things that we're working on. Self actualization. You know, I mean, I, I, I had students say to me, uh, "Are you, are you in recovery?" And I'll say, "No, I'm recovered." And some of the real hardcore twelve step, oh, they'll go out of their minds, and I'll say, "Well, why don't you read your big book of AA then?" It, it doesn't say those of us in recovery. It says those of us that have recovered with a D on it. And they'll go, well, if you're recovered, what are you doing now? And I say self-actualization, and then I buy them a certain hand hand gesture. You're on a journey. Love that. So so then, you know, you brought up 12 steps. You're not a 12-step guy, from what I, I remember. Well, no. If it, I'm whatever, whatever modality works for somebody. I mean, I've had people in the past say, yeah, you know, I went to AA. It's not for me. I don't like it. And I said, well, you don't have to go. But out of curiosity, I love to play Mickey the Dunce with clients because then it isn't threatening. If you play Mickey, like, yeah, you know, uh, I, I'm just curious. What is it about it that you didn't like? And they'll say, well, you know, I go and it's the same people telling the same stories week after week. And I'll go, oh, you go into an op- open speaker meeting. That That's not really working AA. That That's an introduction. Anyone can go to an open speaker meeting. That's what they saw in the detox. That's what they think. The whole program is, is 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 a speaker meeting. I mean, if you you know if you if you want to legitimately try the program, then you go to big book staff study, you go to open discussion groups. That's that's working well. Staff. You know, the the other is just you know it's it's an introduction. It has its place, but yeah, no, I'm a believer in whatever works for somebody. Dual recovery anonymous. How do I get through the day without a drug or a drink and maintain my mental stability? Uh, DBSA, Depression Bipolar Support Alliance. They meet in McLean's on Wednesday nights. The biggest group within the meeting is double trouble, having an addiction issue coupled, coupled to you know some form of a bipolar disorder or major depression. You know. Can you guys check, chime in on that one? Hmm. Okay, so I kind of I don't know if I want to chime in necessarily like don't on chime. that. Okay, yeah. I'm not going to chime. So don't chime, please. I I would like to talk about the forecast. <laughs> what you now we're going to digress <laughs> yeah well it's not digressing it's forward thinking so right, i don't know okay so forecasting what it's going to look like in four to six weeks as the world starts to open up uh people are going back to work and their jobs aren't going to be there because companies can't rebound so on and so forth um unemployment is going to start to uh stop and so on and so forth uh, we had Cindy Friedman on our show last week, and we talked about the whole mental health um, end of it and how people like all of us and others are talking about how, uh, you know, we're going to see an increase in um, suicides and accidental overdose deaths. Um, and, you know, I'm concerned the PTSD is going to be setting in for our frontline workers. Uh, there was just an article on a, on a New York doctor. I don't know if you happen to read it, but um, she had been on the front lines and um, she uh, got COVID, went out, came back. And when she came back, it was kind of in the midst of all of, um, you know, the worst of the worst where New York was. And she went home and she committed suicide. Yeah. yeah, And yeah, I mean, what are we looking at? Do you have any insight on that? Like thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there was actually uh, a few weeks ago, I actually uh, 
um, actually received it was um, um, a colleague of mine. They, they were asking for therapists to volunteer, uh, volunteer like hours a week uh, in order to, to, to speak to the frontline people that that are that, that that are feeling the stress and stuff. So I mean, I know you know nerd, with nurses and doctors who will work at the ICUs. I know that there was a reach out that way, but uh, interestingly enough, they had down all of the disciplines. They had down LICA, you know, LICSWs, they had LMHCs. They didn't have LADC ones down. So I actually checked other and put it down and said, you know, I'm surprised that you that you don't have this listed and I haven't heard anything back from them. So I don't know if they if they took offense to that or they didn't know what an LED wanted. So can I, just to inter- can I interject? So I feel really strongly about like I know there's there's bedlam happening and there's like a, atrocities across the globe with this with the COVID. But I think as a grassroots effort, I think it's so important for each and every one of us to find play, like a centered place and not get so wrapped up in the in the death toll and the this person's you know this and and, and getting all frenetic about it because that it, it just adds to that energy of fear that everyone's coming from now because we're so scared, you know, everyone's afraid to go out. It, it's a, it's all fear-based. So we just got to remember to yes, get your information, but it, you know, you don't need to internalize it and you don't need to perpetuate it by, you know, out in the outside world. We can, we can find a good space and still live our lives. We just, I just think there's something about the whole chiming in on the, on the energy, on the negative energy. You know, I think we should, you know, stay positive. I mean, I agree with you, Kimberly, about the like, the whole positive, and I try to be positive, but I'm also like, I'm very fearful for if it's not addressed now and we're not preparing or, you know, getting ready for this aspect, because it's going to be number 12 on the list of 13, you know, addiction and mental health. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be up there on, on the priorities. It's going to be social distancing and not putting mm-hmm. salt, salt and pepper shakers on your tables and six feet apart. And it's going to be all of that stuff that everybody is going to be focused on. And it's, it's the people that don't have the resources and don't have the supports like you and I, um, and don't know what's out there. How do we, how do we take care of that? How do we get, how do we well, help those people? Well, I'm not saying stick your head in the sand by any stretch of the imagination. Definitely be yeah. informed and see what you can do. But I, I guess just just be easy on the on the you know arousing too much fear and engaging in it. That's all. Andy, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not going to be a. Um, it's going to take a while before it becomes a priority. I think it's not going to, like Chris said, it, it, it's going to take time before we we get that. Cause I mean, we're, I, I mean, I think we're really pressing reset right now all the way around. So if you have 22 million Americans out of a job, you know that 22 million people are not going to get rehired. Right. Or, you know, you're going to open your business. Well, there's no guarantees you're going to actually have customers. Right. Look at the sports world. I, I, you know, the NFL will play. I'm guaranteeing that the NFL will play. I don't know about the other sports, but the NFL will play because they have um they don't need fans in the stands to play it's a made for for tv sport so somebody like the nfl 
can make it work for them, you know, because they have the big contract with the TV network. So I, I see them playing, but you know, a lot of places it's going to take them a while to adapt to the new now. And so, you know, it's going to be a long road, you know, money's going to be an issue. Um, you know, still isolation, still social distancing. So, I mean, it's going to be a while, I would say. Um, so Willie, here's my other question. Um, going back to the 12 step program, um, you have not, you do not like, I'm telling you what you don't like, but you do not like, you did not like treatment centers that specialize in 12 step programs. Can't hear you. Can't hear you at all. Something happened. What's going on over there? (laughs) I can't hear him. Still can't hear you. One, two, three. Okay. Nothing? Nothing? Were you in your kitchen? No, I'm in my dining room. Oh, okay. Oh, you are at the dining room. I see your little... uh, the little production window right back there. Yeah. Yeah. Is it any nothing? Oh, oh we got you now. now. We got okay. you now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, what was the question again, Andy? <laughs> you you're he not a, from it, it was twelve step. step. Right. Right. Oh yeah. No. I mean, uh, I actually uh, had a woman friend friend from my Merrimack college days call me up. Uh, this was last last fall and stuff, and say, "Hey, a mutual friend of ours, their son's in a program in Fairfield County, Connecticut." Do you know anything about it? I said, no, no, but I looked them up and stuff. So I went online and the first thing I always look at, the first thing I always want to check out on a, uh, on a treatment program's website is their staff list. I want to know their staff. So I went on and, um, you know, there was one social worker. Uh, there was a nurse practitioner that was doing Suboxone. And then there were seven recovery coaches. And don't get me wrong, recovery coaches have their place. But this is a treatment facility, and there were no addiction counselors. There was only one social worker who may or may not know about addiction. I mean, social work is interesting from the standpoint. You could go to one of the top social work schools in Boston, your undergraduate and graduate degree. At both both levels, undergraduate and graduate, you were only offered one course on addiction, and that wasn't, you know, and that was an elective. So you know, much like the medical schools, you could go four years to Harvard and they only offered one 20 hour course on mental health and addiction. And that was an elective. Yet any primary care can write anything they want for psychoactive drugs, which I really don't think is a good idea. You know, stuff. But so anyway, to get back. So this program in Connecticut, um, you know, uh, you know, no, no addiction counselors, one LICSW, they're charging 2000 a week for it, you know, uh, and uh, I, I, End up finding the owners' names, and uh, you know, the 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 uh, the owners were former pharmaceutical reps from Record Denver, which makes Suboxone. Oh my God! That they're only they're only using Suboxone, and that they only have recovery coaches. They're trying to maximize profit. You know, so I mean, yeah, I mean, recovery coaches definitely have their place. I have several several clients now that, in addition to my services, we also uh, have a recovery coach, and I think that's awesome. You know. Helping them out with day-to-day function and taking them to appointments and talking about their own experience. I mean, I think that's an important piece. Right. But they don't take the place of a good addiction therapist, of a good, right. you know. Right. Right. I'll right. tell you that 
a good yeah. a good recovery coach because I'm a recovery coach. Yeah. And, you know, um, a good recovery coach recognizes when that's not there. What job. the limits are. Yeah. Right. And I have I have no problem saying you need a therapist, and I right. will assist in every avenue that I can in setting them up with a therapist. Yeah. Um, no. They, they, <clears> absolutely. There's a need for recovery coaches. I mean, yeah. Emergency rooms and all over. I mean, they do great, yep. great work. Yep. Will Willie, so you're also a professor, right? So let's talk about your class for a minute um, and how much class you have. Let's talk about your class and um, what that consists of and what opportunities might lie for people who are interested in getting into the yeah. field of addiction because there is a real need for it. Yeah, the, the, the whole program right at the moment at UMass Boston is being reworked because obviously uh, it's going to be an online thing. Uh, more than likely in the fall, I don't think anyone's going to be hitting the campus in the fall, so everything's going to have to be online. So, uh, the director of our program—he's—he's—he's he's, he's working with uh, with Mass Rehab now. They have about a hundred students that they want to send through us, but what Mass Rehab is they want them to be able to go through all eight courses within one year. So, you know, get it done. They also want to know our students that graduated from the program are actually going to work as funded programs. So uh, as you know, Andy, you, you you have been talking to Bill about that possibility of kind of filming some interviews with, with people that have gone through the program. Uh, I myself, I teach addiction with co-occurring disorders and I teach uh, addiction uh, addiction and family issues. Not that there'd ever be family issues, but you know, so and then I do a practicum class. class so. What, um, and so as far as um, you don't need to have what what are the qualifications to be able to take the courses? Yeah, you can come in. You know, we Bill interviews everybody in the program. I mean, we usually like to think in terms of at least a GED in order to come into the program. It's a certificate program, so it's based on uh, based on CEU hours as opposed to credits. There are some some schools though that'll take the courses they've had with us and convert them to credits if they want to go towards you know an associate's or a bachelor's or a master's. So, yeah, you know, so so it's case by case a lot of times. When when interviews them. So. What um if so and then you have a website. What is your website address if somebody wants to reach out to you? My my own personal would be Willie Drinkwater Willie with the Y. WillieDrinkwater.com. All right. Well, thank you, my friend. Will you come back on? Sure. Sure. I mean, like, can we do a few more hours now? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. Two, four shows in a row. Oh, wait. And the official drink of Willie Drinkwater. And, um, really good. Professional. If you I have, have a question. Anybody. Does he have his own? Do you have your own practice? Is that... Yeah, I have a practice up in Beverly now. Uh, I'm on hold for taking on new clients for two weeks more. Uh, because uh, as it is right now for teletherapy, we, we don't have to have a HIPAA compliant. Use Zoom or FaceTime or the phone. Uh, I'm actually checking into several several platforms now that are HIPAA compliant. So before I take anyone on new, I want to have that in place. It's only a matter of time before the insurance says, uh, you need to be out of the compliant platform. So. And you take all insurances too. I take everything except Medicare. Medicare okay. is the only one I don't take. 
So Medicare, because I'm not an LIC. So. Medicare, does that exclude all forms of mass health, or is that just Medicare? Medicare. I take all the Medicare mass health products. I take us. It's sci-fi, right? With the mask. The streets. It's, yeah, it's and the dogs wild. are like, are you kidding me right now? Another walk? And the, <laughs> yeah, there, the was a picture on, there, there was a picture on, on Facebook off of kitchen shelves going, yeah, I'm not, you're not walking me another time. It's already been 20 times today. You're not walking <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People out of my house, the dog is saying, you know, <laughs> they make them leave. They're driving me crazy. <laughs> But the dog is giving you the paw. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. the bad when they give you the paw. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the paw. All right, Mr. Yeah. Drinkwater. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. We will have you back again. Well, we, it's been a pleasure to be with you all this morning, and stay well and stay safe. Thank you, brother. Thank you all so right. much, Willie. Right. Thank see you. See Peace you, out. Willie. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. There he goes, the one, the there only. He goes. <laughs> the one, the only Willie Drinkwater. We got through it. His sound was a little jacked up. We yeah. will have him back on again when um, we got better sound. But he is obviously he knows his stuff and um, he's a wonderful person. Very genuine guy, right, Andy? He's this genuine guy. good guy. We love him. We love him. Yeah. Okay, guys. Is that uh, it? We're ready? No. Well, no. So, um, for all you people that like come on and view and everything else. Uh, you can go to the Foxborough Cable Access and post a question or a comment, um, you know, because we can't see where you're posting on. I haven't figured out how to see where they're posting their questions if they post it on their pages. It probably shows up. I just haven't figured that out yet. But if you have any questions, you have any requests, you have any topics that you would like to uh, have us discuss, you can go to our map page um, and post there or send us a message. Uh, you know, we're here for you. Or if you have a story to tell, come on. Right, right. If you have a story to tell, we're here for you. We want to talk about those things that um, other people really don't want to talk about or don't know enough about. So it's really important for our viewers to give us some feedback and let us know what, you know, who, what, and where kind of stuff. Um, and you can remain anonymous if you need to. If you're not comfortable sharing, you can always Remain anonymous, and we can discuss your story for you or your questions. Or you questions. can come on, and we'll disguise your voice like a mobster yeah. who, doesn't <laughs> right? really, who doesn't really want to. We'll change your voice. I <laughs> won't put like make you sound like you're healing F helium in your mouth, <laughs> or you have tube socks in your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then or put a uh, 
yeah, or put you know protect the innocent. So is is that it for us this week? I think so. I, I think What's, that's it. Oh, What's what do Friday? we have on Friday? Shannon DeMille. Shannon DeMille. Clean Slate. Yeah, love it. The great Shannon DeMille, one of the uh, all time greats. I'm I'm going to the uh, the archives. <laughs> we so good. Dig, dig deep. So we'll be talking about Suboxone, Vivitrol, and Sublocade. Um, MAT, yeah. Yeah, MAT a little bit um, and kind of what they're seeing. I have a feeling that after the world starts opening up, I have a feeling those particular programs, those MAT programs are going to be very, very busy. Yeah, Um, you know, that got me thinking about something. How many people who have been in the hospital for COVID, I'd be be curious to know if they have any um, substance abuse problems or substance use disorders. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm sure there's, yeah, I'm sure there's a population of that. I was, yeah. uh, I was just talking back to the MAT. I was just talking to somebody about uh, the methadone. Like they've been sending home people for like, if, if you're, I don't, I'm terrible at math, so you guys figure it out. If you're on like um, 120 milligrams a day, and you're getting home, you're getting sent home with four weeks worth of methadone. Mm. Yeah, that's a lot of milligrams. Wow! Right, there, and there's, there... there's no accountability. There's not. We'll see you in a month. That's that's well, how. That, that's what's going on. In that's ridiculous. That's why it's dispersed, so they don't have too much of it. <clears throat> oh my God. Right, right. I'll be curious <laughs> to see, like, to talk to like the methadone clinics and see how their clients have adjusted to this take home. You know. <sighs> So 120, that's a high dose. 120 is a high dose, but people are on it. Yeah, yeah, can that's kind of scary. Can you imagine? No. no. Yeah. I, I, I mean, can they overdose? I don't even know. Can you overdose on methadone? Good God. I would, believe, <laughs> I would believe so. I mean. Yeah. How are they trusting that that's, well, we're going to, the statistics that come out of this are going to be unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right. So, so that's it for today. Yes. <laughs> Andy keeps trying to wrap up. All right, Andy, bye. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll stop yammering. <laughs> no, that's, uh, are you grumpy, Andy? No, I'm not grumpy. Okay. No, I'm not grumpy. I'm happy. Panda is good. Panda's good. The panda the panda is good. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, it All was right. good. And I it was great to have Willie and hopefully we'll get him back in the uh I agree. You, you know, when he can move to another room and have uh <laughs> And have a microphone, right? And have a microphone. I, yeah. I give him a hard time. He's uh, he he's great, and he's um, you know, always willing to speak. And it's a little technically um, challenged, but it's okay. <laughs> but he's usually not. Usually, he'll wear like he's got his cool iPad. Uh, I, I he had them in, but they didn't link to. it. That's when he we couldn't hear him. He had them in. Yeah. He put them in, but it didn't link to whatever device it was that he was yeah. on. Well. Well, well, that's, that's our good. Show for th- that is our show today. So we're we're gonna meet again on Friday at nine thirty, right back here. Um, the you have been listening to and watching the Mental Health and Addiction Podcast, the map. The map. Uh, have a good day. Stay <laughs> safe. You too. Bye. Stay safe, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye.